long-awaited return of the Listening Circle is finally upon us. I'm your host, Elias, and we've got an amazing cast with us today, including four people who've been been with us before and two newcomers. So I'll just list everyone off in alphabetical order. We have, well, alphabetical by their usernames. We have Jackson. Jackson, say hi. Hey, how's it going? And we have Shane. What up? We have myself, and we have Dante. Hey, what's up, bro? We have Kayla. Hi. And Grant. Hi there, everyone. And Ian. Ian, are you there? Oh, did my mic not pick that up? Hello. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, cool. So, Run the Jewels 4. Uh, this was a long-awaited release since their last one came out uh, in 2016. And for those of you who haven't heard Run the Jewels before, uh, Run the Jewels is a hip-hop duo uh, featuring Killer Mike and LP, two super super talented rappers. And uh, they're one of my favorite rap groups, probably my favorite rap group of all time. And it's their fourth self-titled album. So... Um, yeah, we're gonna get started pretty soon. We we've all we're all pretty hyped about this album. Before we jump right into it, um, I did have some few uh, few thoughts to make. I thought it'd be fitting and necessary to make a statement about the recent killing of George Floyd. Um, it's relevant to this album, and it's relevant to just all of our our lives and what we've been thinking about lately. And so, I just wanted to say this is. A time of mourning for all of us. I'm sure we've got a lot of emotions, uh, everyone on this panel, you know, not only for the black community, not only for people of color, but I think for anyone who's against injustice and racism, these are certainly dark times in the country. And uh, over the past couple of weeks, I've been talking to a lot of people about all these events. And I just wanted to say that I've been moved by the amount of solidarity I've seen, the amount of protesting I've seen, and just the fact that people are raising their voices. I think it's fantastic. And I just wanted to ask everyone uh, who's listening to, um, you know, at some point, the social media hype on this is going to die down. And I just want people to stay vigilant, to keep raising your voice, keep educating yourself. Um, And I've actually listed some resources in the description of this podcast, uh, because I know a lot of people are wondering what they can do to help. A lot of people feel powerless in the system that we live in, which is constantly perpetuating structural violence. It feels like there's not a whole lot we can do as individuals. Um, but I've listed some resources, including an anti-racism resource guide, uh, where you can learn about structural racism, implicit bias, information about uh, organizations and protests and all that. Um, I've also listed some resources about legislative police reform that we can um, tell our representatives to start enacting on, on all the different levels. A lot of, lot of important stuff there. I've also listed a link to buy the album where there not only is this album that we're about to discuss uh, filled with a lot of really uh, uh, important social commentary and political commentary, but they're also donating all the proceeds to the Mass Defense Fund, uh, which is a network of lawyers that represent political activists in court. Being that it is our constitutional right to protest, um, I think it's important that we support these people who are fighting injustice and um, making our country better. And so, yeah, as you listen to this review and as you listen to the album, just uh, try to remember the message that Killer Mike and LP are putting out and how they would want us to respond in the face of injustice. So with that said, let's get into the album, my dudes. What uh, what was everyone's first impressions when you heard it? Does anyone want to start? Fucking, fucking mind-blowing. Yeah? It was 
I, to me, it was like the the anthem for the modern times right now for the, the whole revolution. I thought it was just so beautiful. Yeah, it's something really good that the whole Run the Jewels has always done is they've always been very upfront about their conscious message. Mm-hmm. And what I really enjoyed about the album is um, I really enjoyed a lot of the sampling. They really seem to have taken upon themselves to do a lot of new sampling and I really enjoyed a lot of the effects that they had and it seems like they tried to experiment with their sound i think it paid off yeah definitely the production on this album is i mean just keeps getting better and better with every album and um the lyrics are i feel like they're they've gotten more political with every album and the lyrics on this album in particular especially are just like so real like the narrative storytelling and the um uh just everything about it i like it really kind of like tore at my heart you know um especially those last two songs oh dude that made me cry at the end yeah yeah that final song the what was it the were a few words for the firing squad yeah, oh, that's yeah. that was that was amazing both in terms of audio quality mixing and just massive been, juice phenomenal. I've, been, I've been listening to that song constantly like it's the one that i've had mostly on repeat yeah, yeah I'd say the second to last song also is uh, pretty great. I feel like really yeah. helps kind of bring the whole project to a head. I also feel like um, each project of Run the Jewels is like really good. And I've always been like, I always feel super impressed with like each project. And I was really happy that RTJ4 kind of met that bar that I come kind of have come to expect from them, you know? Yeah, I mean, like yeah. they there's so few artists out there that can like consistently put out great albums. And I think run the jewels is one of them. They've just kind of like perfected their craft, you know? Um, and yeah, totally agree on that second to last track with, uh, Mavis staples. She's someone who I, I was not familiar with prior to this album, but, um, super talented R and B singer. And I think she adds a lot to the track. Um, just like very, very emotional, very real. Yeah, definitely. She was, I think the highlight of the song to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, like, do do we have any sort of, like, and as far as, like, in comparison to previous albums, um, like, what would you guys say, like, how would you guys say this album sort of, like, stacks up, I guess, for those of you who have listened to the rest of their discography? I'd say it stacks up pretty well, if not slightly better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd say at this, uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say it's at least as good as RTJ3. And I think that was my favorite um, of their project. So it, it might become my favorite the more I listen to it. RTJ, RTJ, I think, is like the only band that I've ever listened to where um, every album gets better than the last one, for me at least. So, mm-hmm. um, And this one definitely held that rule. Uh, I think that this one's definitely their best. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, I mean, I feel like every album that they come out, I, I think to myself, like, how are they going to top this the next time, you know? Um, and, like, yeah, Run the Jewels 3 was amazing. There were a lot of, like, a lot of great tracks on there. And I feel like it was more, like, they started to send a message more and more, like, with every album. And uh, I feel like it, it wasn't as initially, like, hard-hitting as RTJ2, but then, like, RTJ3 kind of, like, grows on you over time. And then this one is just, like it just kind of like blows everything out of the water and like immediately hits you. Um, I loved the, uh, the music video for Ooh La La. Have you guys looked at that yet? Yeah, I saw, yeah. I saw yeah. that. 
big which fan. Made me, yeah. Which helped me understand the song even more now with when I watched the because at first I was like, why are they doing like this weird parody of a French thing? And then I was like, <laughs> oh, it clicked with me. French Revolution. I was, I was like, oh, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was super powerful. Just like the the symbolism of them, like like burning all the money and stuff like that. Yeah, it was like super cool. And like, I think especially when it comes to music like this, that is so like politically aware. I think it's just as important to kind of envision a positive future as it is to critique the present. You know? Yeah, I can absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there were a lot of, um, I don't remember the full list, there were a lot of, like, cool uh, celebrities in that video, too. Like, Zach De La Roca was there, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> other people. Um, and then that reminds me of uh, Zach's, um, uh, Zach's verse on, what song was it? On Just? Just. Yeah, yeah Just with the dollar sign. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that song, <laughs> that song kicks ass. Um, that song is... Yeah, I loved it. Um, the... Zach De La Roca was fantastic on that song yeah he's fantastic dude because yeah. he's been let's see he's been on like this is maybe his third track with run the jewels and uh yeah he kills it every time and i feel like the uh the the hook in that song the look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar like not only do i love mm -hmm. that line but it totally sounds like something that rage against the machine would put together totally um, yeah and they had like pharrell williams on that track too so some really big names yeah oh yeah throughout the i was just surprised a lot by the I was sorry. No, uh, I was just surprised by the whole uh, the features on this album, like especially Two Chains. I thought Two Chains really went off on this fucking album. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, I thought uh, that was probably my favorite track. <laughs> yeah, another um, fun feature uh, was a uh, home. Is that is that is it home or homie from? Queens I was going to ask Stone you guys. Josh <laughs> homie, homie. <laughs> Whatever his name is, uh, I think that his, I think I really like, um, I haven't really listened to the lyrics as much as I would have liked to. I just haven't had the time, mm -hmm. but, um, I feel like musically, like it, it really added something to it that was kind of like creepy. Like, like, I feel like a lot of his stuff sounds kind of creepy in a good way. And it I sounded that added genuinely that. Yeah, it sounded genuinely like straight like there was Queens of the Stone Age playing in the background of that song. It was really strange. Yeah, I was super into it for sure as a fan of their music. Uh, yeah, as well. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm always impressed with just like the diversity of the artists that that Run the Jewels sort of bring together. Um, another feature I liked was uh, Gangsta Boo on "Walking in the Snow." Uh, I know she's not um, credited in the title, but uh, she did the uh, the hook in that song, and I think I thought that sounded really good because um, she's worked with that never forget jesus line Sorry. yeah um yeah she's worked with one of the jewels before and I, I always like her features but like this one this one hit pretty fucking hard um and i think that that song was one of my highlights in general um, i definitely did enjoy that song and i was wondering who that feature was but now i know yeah gangsta boo from three six mafia um, one of the, I think that song had like one of the most powerful, uh, lyrics and I actually, I wrote, I wrote it down here and I'm sure that all of you sort of like recognized this when it came up cause it was like a super powerful moment in the song. But, um, the, uh, the, I can't breathe line, uh, yeah. Was, uh oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, shit. I'll just, I'll recite the whole thing for just for the listeners. Uh, and every day on the evening news, they feed you fear for free and you're so numb. You watch the cops choke out a man like me. Until my voice goes from a shriek to a whisper, I can't breathe. You sit there in the house on on your couch and watch it on TV. The most you give is a Twitter rant and call it a tragedy. But truly the travesty, you've been robbed of your empathy, replaced it with apathy. I wish I could magically 
fast forward the future so then you could face it and see how fucked up it'll be. I promise I'm honest. They're coming for you the day they're coming after the day after they're coming after for me. Um, Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Masterfully crafted lyrics. Yeah. It's, it's way too accurate. I don't. It's it hurts almost how accurate it is. Yeah. And, and, and the, the timing is perfect as well. Yeah. Yeah. The release of the album. Well, well, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. they didn't rush it even more than they already did, um, releasing it. Like, I, I'm surprised they didn't release it a week earlier. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's the surprising thing is, is uh, especially with that line being so relevant now, like, they actually recorded the song back in November, like, before the George Floyd killing, and, like, now that song has so much more, like, relevance even now, which is crazy. Well, because George Floyd wasn't the only, like, there's been so many. Yeah. yeah. We're just yeah. numb to it at this point. Yep. For every right. Taylor. person that gets hurt, it's just going to hit more and more, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it speaks to, like, the like the truth of the overall message, right? Like, like it seems like it's something that's, like, particularly relevant now, but it's something that has always kind of existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like, no matter when it comes out, it'll, it'll keep being relevant as long as this maintains a problem, you know? Mm-hmm. As long as we can keep me... giving the attention, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which makes me kind of wish, like, we live in a future where, like, this seems, like, so far and distant. Like, these tracks is, like, what does this even mean? Like, that's what I really hope for in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that's something I'll live to see, honestly. Yeah. That'd be nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too. We got to get rid of those red states, man. I don't, we got to do it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Drop um, them in the ocean until they turn blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that song was awesome. And then uh, one of my other favorite lyrics was on the last track. Um, this was a shorter one, but uh, I mean, all the lyrics in this song were great, but I highlighted this in particular. Uh, this is for the do-gooders that the no-gooders used and then abused, for the truth-tellers tied to the whipping post, left beaten, battered, bruised, for the ones whose body hung from a tree like a piece of strange fruit, go hard, last words to the firing squad was, fuck you too. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. That was an amazing song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love how, like, they just like the, the musical and lyrical and sonic diversity on this album. How, like, there's some tracks that just, like, go hard and make you want to just, like, get up. And then there's other songs that are just, like, very, um, like, hypnotic and, like, you can totally just, like, sink into it and, and feel every line. And, I think that definitely speaks to like the the capabilities of Run the Jewels as a group. Yeah, and I yeah. definitely enjoyed the um like the pre-climactic jazz interlude with like the saxophone. I thought that was really interesting to hear on a track. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I was, I was surprised to find that that saxophone wasn't uh, Kamazi Washington because I know that he's usually the guy people bring on mm. for this sort of stuff. But uh, this was. A uh, saxophonist who doesn't even have a Wikipedia article, but he's really good. Oh, wow. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I hope he gets. Uh, hope he gets famous one day because that was some really sick saxophone. Yeah, let's, let's blow it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Any other highlights uh, tracks for you guys? Yeah, I really love the uh, the the holy cow the fuck uh, track. Oh yes. Yeah. That's slaps. That's like, so hard. Definitely have to, definitely has to be my favorite on the whole album. Mm-hmm. I, I I had to rewind it a ton to really like really get the full effect. Like I was like I was like oh I don't know I don't know I don't know. And then I, third third time I replayed it I was like oh fuck okay. hitting. 
So especially, I think, um, especially verse four, where, um, hold on, let me pull the, the lyrics up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kill- yeah, Killer Mike, I think, killed verse four, right? When he says, um, says one let- minute, let me be candid. Used to stand by a garbage can, hand to hand, and the dumb trap shit, no proper planning. Seeing ignorant shit like geekers dancing and rappers rap about it like it's so romantic, but it's- I still can't just see- seem to escape the panic. PTSD streets did the damage. That fucking just like tore me asunder. And, yeah. Like it fucking ripped me out and just was like, oh, fuck. So, yeah, that's super powerful because I I know that's that's sort of how a lot of people feel about just like the commodification of of rap music and just like the idea that people are like kind of glorifying a a certain lifestyle without like seeing the full picture, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's easy to talk without really understanding something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really true. The other thing I loved about that song was the uh, the beat switch in the middle um yeah dude yeah i fucking love whenever they do that there's the same on uh on oh my darling don't cry from rtj2 it kind of reminded me of, of that like where it just like changes halfway through and it's like holy shit it just like blows your mind it's fucking awesome what i think is i can appreciate i'm not like huge run the jewels fan not to say because they're bad or anything it's just because i haven't really dived into the whole discography like you guys have mm-hmm. but one thing I, I i feel like i can appreciate from this like this is like musicianship it's not just rapping it's also rapping with musicianship and and carefully planned out production and things like that so it's not just like dudes trying to lay some poetry over some generic beats is these guys are really like fleshed out the whole the whole the whole album that wanted to make sure like the that it's not just good on a rap level, but it's also good on a musicianship level. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think lately, like hip hop has kind of like, especially in the last decade, kind of like taken a turn towards like a lot of super like experimental stuff and uh, a lot of really. I love it. I'm. Yeah, me too. And and LP specifically, uh, he's been he's been doing this production shit since like the '90s, and he's just gotten like, I think he's one of the greatest hip hop producers like ever um you know every track just has like so many layers behind it and like he's able to evoke so many different like moods and he just does it all at top-notch quality and i love it the only other rap the only other rap that i ever listened to i think that has the same amount of layers layering and different things going on at the same time that that they do is death grips death grips i was just gonna say death grips (laughs) <laughs> did someone say death grips <laughs> no, right. hey guys have you heard the good news episode four. <laughs> um yeah yeah no I, I totally agree and i think i think i want to say like the uh the hype behind like death grips and danny brown and like a lot of those other like um super like out there hip-hop groups i think that sort of paved the way for like and act like run the jewels to to also become super popular you know definitely um any other favorite tracks off the album someone speak up um <laughs> oh out of sight's a good one yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the inst- yeah, uh, instrumental on that is pretty fucking yeah, funky I, yeah, I fucking love yeah. the beat mm-hmm I'd also like to shout out Yankee and the Brave episode four. I know it was released before um, the official release of the album, but I think it was part of the album at least grander scale, and I, I really enjoyed that track. Yeah. I was surprised that um, they didn't have a message to the firing squad as the first track on the album. 
and then that let and then because what I've been doing is listening to a message from the firing squad and then uh, episode four like right after it because the the ending of a message to the firing squad like lines up perfectly with the beginning of that oh song. maybe it's like an infinite well, loop it, album just like that King Gizzard album. <laughs> 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 well, I, I feel like Message to the Firing Squad just kind of bookends the whole fucking the whole fucking album. It feels like not even just like an album just for the sake of listening to, but an album that really like from beginning to end feels like it's chaptered and layered like a book or a film where it's just yeah, yeah. it has like a, it has like a huge character arc with a whole spine tied to it. So yeah, I totally agree. I agree with that. It definitely feels cohesive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about this is like it's a pretty short album. It's only like forty minutes, but I still feel like it's like it has a beginning and end and sort of like flows really well. Like they thought about the track listing and how to organize it. I mean it's forty minutes if you listen to it on the surface. <laughs> right. right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you hear the words, you're like, wait, let me go back and listen to that again. <laughs> let me play that track again. I don't think I got the full effect. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'll definitely second the the love for Yankee and the Brave. And I remember like, because that was the first single that came out for this album. And when that came out, I was like, all right, Run the Jewels still has it. Like this album is going to be fucking fire. And I just knew it. Um, and then like Ooh La La came out and like that feeling was just like stepped up to another level. And especially with the music video. Yeah. Um, and then I remember thinking like, okay, well, like what if it's just those two tracks? And what if it's just like the singles are better than the rest of the album? And then I heard the album and I heard out of sight and I was like, Oh shit, the whole album's going to be fire. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite line from out of sight is where uh, two chains says, uh... wait, hold on. Let me pull up the lyric. I don't want to misquote it, but uh where he goes, uh, I'm I'm a buy a hot dog stand if I'm trying to be freak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. There's a lot of really good one-liners on this album. Like, uh, well, what was the one yeah. I was thinking about before? The um, there was the Clockwork Orange one. It's like, uh, Clark, uh, left it like Clockwork Orange, leaving the scene laughing. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> uh, or Killer Mike's final line on Holy Calamifuck, where he says, uh, you're a common cold and my flows are cancerous. I thought that was a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or uh, no, even on Holy Calamifuck, when he goes, uh, if you hate RTJ, you hate the troops. I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was also a fan of um, off of the ground below where he, um, let me see if I got it, pull it up here, where um not a holy man, but I'm moral in my perversiveness, so I support the sex workers unionizing their services. I thought yeah, that was pretty yes. funny. Yes, yes. But, like, low-key, like, hey, I, <laughs> I also support that. Yep. Yeah, I love when that. people just say sex workers work. Yep. Love it. Yeah. As far as one-liners go, I really liked on um, pulling the pin, uh, the line where it says that there's a grenade in my heart and the pin is in their palm. Yeah. Mm. That one was very like wow, um, and like another one like I kind of noticed like their wordplay and meaning behind almost everything is like really really shocking. Um, like in the same song, like how long must the holy hold on to their principles? Kept kicking and screaming while watching the demons collecting the gold and the diamond residuals. I love these lines for how they point out something that's been a flaw. I would say in those who are like wholeheartedly religious without considering anything else is that those that just kind of like leave everything to God end up being the most powerless. The ones who stick to their principles without budging, even if it hurts them, makes them almost like 
as if they've trained themselves into learned helplessness as far as not being able to fight back against those with power and influence. I think that's that's really something. Like, it even got referenced again in Message for the Firing Squad with, you ever notice that the worst of us have all the chips? It kind of takes the sheen off people getting rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I mean, that kind of circles back. Sorry, I was we like, were, I was like yeah. digging into that one. Sorry. <laughs> no, for, for sure. That was good. I think we were all kind of speechless, just like kind of letting that gel in our heads. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah th- those last two tracks, especially like we already said, oh, so good. So, so, so mm-hmm. good. Um, let me think here. Um, in terms of like, okay, so all the beats on this album are like fucking fire. fire. Are, are there any, Schmack. any specifically that, that like, <laughs> like stood out to you guys oh Holy uh, uh, for sure yeah yeah it's really hard yeah, to walk pick, honestly. The, i love them all so much walking in the snow uh the ground below i mean just the whole it's just hard to pick because like beginning to end was just like non-stop really hard fucking beats production music just overall just phenomenal and it was hard to like to even just say i have a favorite song too so mm-hmm yeah, totally. I I like I think I've listened to this album maybe like five or six times at this point and like there's definitely some that have like risen above others in my head but like it just like start to finish there's no track that I ever want to skip and I think that's fantastic. Yeah. That's always good with albums, yeah. Yeah. Um especially when they're trying to send such a big message with this one. Exactly, yeah um do anyone recognize the the sample and well i know dante recognizes it so don't spoil it but hey! the one, uh, in, in the ground below um do anyone recognize the sample in that song it's ether by um, gang of i Four. certainly didn't oh grant didn't um <laughs> oh, it's, it's uh it's the song ether by gang of four which is yeah if anyone hasn't heard the album that's from it is a perfect uh 80s punk album it's fucking awesome uh highly mm. recommend it and the way that they used it in this song was like pretty like it, it just fits so well and i did not think that that song would have worked in a rap format but like i was pretty blown away that's just another testament to lp's like amazing production capabilities yeah i mean i only heard the new of the, the that album because of you so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I, I, I haven't listened to that yet yeah i'm out here spreading that knowledge um <laughs> and then uh yeah yeah all these songs are fire um so then like okay so in terms of like this album is obviously like sending a lot of really powerful messages um my hope is that like people hear this and it kind of like ignites something you know that it kind of like makes people want to be active and and be informed and that sort of thing um uh, and, and sometimes that doesn't happen, right? Like, I know there's a lot of people, like, I remember that when that big news story came out a few years ago about um, Paul Ryan listening to Rage Against the Machine, and everyone was like, bro, what? <laughs> like, you are the machine, you know? <laughs> um, and so I, I think there's there's something to be said for, like, how um, like how obvious the lyrics are versus how abstract they are and, like, how that, like, plays differently with people, you know? Because I feel like if if lyrics are too abstract, then it might not like, not everyone will get it. Um, but at the same time, if it's too overt, then it's like not really going to um, like hit as hard, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean like, like what, what do you guys think in terms of like, do you think if you 
were to show you your friends like hey check out this album like do you think it would sort of like change their minds on on things in the world or what do you think i think so because mm-hmm. i i'll be honest like with myself before everything that started happening the last couple of weeks um i have been learning a lot just through the music people have been recommending me mm-hmm. um like funnily enough i was listening to killer mike earlier today um because someone sent me the song regan Reagan, oh Reagan. yeah i love that song that's a good one yeah that woke me up too because like i think i told you before Elias, like my family was really conservative growing up so i grew up with a family that loved reagan and loved bush and all these other you know i look at it now i'm like how the hell did you like that <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's just like i don't understand what the heck that my family was on but uh it's like <laughs> you know listening to all this stuff now it's like kind of a wake-up call and i think to people that maybe don't have that or came out of the same kind of background that i did they might hear a song and be like, wait a minute, that's, you know, contradicting what I've been growing up hearing. I now want to look it up and find out what was really going on. And I think that that can definitely happen with this album as well. Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan was the devil and Jesus was black. I had, <laughs> I had uh, my, I have the similar situation where um, my grandfather on my mom's side is um, really big Trump is that conservative supporter. Um, but it's even more baffling in my case how they could possibly support those kind of people when my that same grandparents they're Hispanic. Oh, I yeah. I, I it don't understand. Like I kind of get literally that. called your people racists and murderers, rapists and murderers, yeah. and, and you support them. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. And I have to I mean with, I, I have <laughs> to deal with them regurgitating Fox News to me every oh, day. <laughs> I totally I'm same... understand that. Sorry. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm Cuban, dude. My, my dad is an immigrant. My dad is like a native-looking Cuban. Came straight off the airplane into the thing. They told him, no blacks, no Jews, no Cubans allowed. And to this day, my dad is Trump's most vocal supporter. So Wow. Yeah, my, my mom's Korean, and she's super pro-Trump and plays Fox News every day. So... It's like we maybe didn't have like Trump saying like, oh, we, you know, like, fuck this or fuck that. But he did, you know, straight up say that the COVID-19 was the Chinese virus and that affected us. Like even in Orange County, we were at like a Ralph's was a couple weeks ago and they like were like, oh, do you have the, the Corona because you're Chinese? Like to my mom. And she was just like not understanding why. But I was like, you literally support someone who, who does. OK, whatever. Wow. <laughs> you know, COVID really brought up. Like a lot of like unseen like racism towards like Asians and Asian Americans. That's it's always been there. It's just now they think it's okay. Yeah. yeah, it just it gave them an excuse to be like more explicitly racist for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly didn't know that people still have those like sentiments still since a long time, but I guess you see them boil over and people use yeah. like any event to like put those sentiments to light in this country, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, because like something like COVID, like it, it's something that makes a lot of people scared. And when people are scared, they're it, it, it's very easy for to go to racism. To be, it's exactly. so easy. Yeah, because yeah. you know, then uh, people fear what they don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Because racism is a lot of times based on fear and irrational fear. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, racism is inherently irrational. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, look at Trump's yeah. latest speeches where, you know, he's calling all the protesters like thugs who just want to like, you know, burn everything and destroy this country and un-American and all this stuff. And like it's playing directly into the fears. And, and that's how we get authoritarianism. That's how it gets justified in people's minds that we need like, you know, someone to, to step in and, you know, take away our freedoms. You know, it happened after 9-11 and now it's happening again, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's, I'm still like really disappointed that the Patriot Act ever got passed. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Do you guys think there might be something similar to the Patriot Act that gets passed um, in the wake of whatever the hell is going on regarding the I mean, protests and the Trump we just administration? Had some, I mean, we just had something passed the, where they can look at your browsing history without. Um, whatever they call it, but like a warrant now. So it's, I thought yeah, that was similar. Like there's all these bipartisan but, uh, deals under the table that people don't really it, see. Left, left and right are, they're two wings of the same bird. They're all working together to, to pass the same shit. It's like, <laughs> exactly. It's a ratchet effect. You know, the, the democratic party is like the part of the ratchet that blocks any movement to the left economically, socially, while the GOP mm-hmm. just cranks to the right. Yeah. And we're just stuck. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're all just stuck in hell world. But hey, we got RTJ4 and it fucking slaps. So <laughs> it does. It, it slaps really hard. Does. Yeah. It slaps out. it slaps hard enough for me to smoke enough weed that I do not care. <laughs> well, I think, and I think, I think maybe that's, that's like what they wanted. <laughs> that is definitely the opposite of what they wanted. Yeah. I, I, I don't think they're advocating for complacency. Uh, <laughs> I think you need to switch to sativa, buddy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Almost all I smoke. Yeah, the ghost oh. train. Uh, that's hardcore. Ghost train is a hell of a strain. Yeah, it's like when uh, it's probably why Rage Against the Machine broke up back in the day. They were like, "Why aren't people raging against the machine?" And it's because of people like you, Ian. <laughs> yeah, Ian. <laughs> Honestly, I'd probably be doing more if COVID was not a thing. Like I, these protests are fantastic, but I do not want to get a disease and then bring it back to my grandparents and kill them. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. Like I'd support the- these protests one hundred percent. Like. Yeah. Like more than 100% but it's just not possible for me to leave also yeah. I'm yeah. clinically addicted to World of Warcraft <laughs> that'll do Oof. it wow yeah. well um, yeah yeah it's been like not smart of me to go protest but um, I guess because like I have asthma but at the same time it's like I couldn't just look at Twitter all day and be angry so I was like fuck it I'm just gonna go yeah you know I tried to um, go to the protest in um, Santa Ana on Bristol McFadden, if any of you know that is in Santa Ana. Yeah. I, I like made it like almost like a mile away from there. I was skating there, and then these cop cars just started zooming down the street 100 miles an hour plus at mm-hmm. least. And this helicopter comes overhead, and he gets on loudspeaker, and he says, we're recording all your license plates. And this is like, oh, Jesus this Christ. is super Orwellian, so I turned on a side street and I booked it down to the bus line and just went back home. Yeah. Oh, it's no, almost totally like they're trying to suppress free speech. Yeah. Gee, yeah. We live in a society. We definitely <laughs> do live in a society. Unfortunately. For for a limited time probably though. I don't know how much longer this shit's gonna last. Yeah, it's uh yeah. I need a new society. Definitely a boiling I mean, go to a society store. I mean like even in LA <laughs> I was in LA on Saturday for that one on Fairfax. I 
<laughs> I told Elias I was like kind of a dumbass and I walked right I didn't know what was going on but I walked right into Fairfax as all that shit started going down um not not a good sight to see but then later on my friend and I went back in the LA um I want to say like Wednesday we went back to LA and it was 1 30 in the afternoon and there were tanks going down like downtown Broadway by the like the entrance to get back onto the five and the 101 um and you couldn't even get back onto the freeway because they were blocking all the entrances so that people were getting trapped in on purpose and um my friend her friend was in this area protesting somewhere and they all started getting arrested around like 1 30 and the curfew was at nine jesus yeah so that was a, a big nope we're like okay we're going home <laughs> you know a lot of the police have been using that like trapping technique like you see like on the brooklyn bridge in new york yeah 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 that was like, people know like tear gas and just to, like torture them it's, it's where like, are these uh where are all these all all these all right guys who are hoarding guns to protect against government tyranny where, where are they at Does, oh they're they're on their side government tyranny, the side of the cop. government tyranny is here yeah. yeah, no, they're yeah. on the side of the cops. Um, I, I, sh I shared a video of it, but um, there was a video of, like, an officer. I don't know if the people were Proud Boys or if they were just, like, armed white supremacists or whatever. But basically the cop was, like, telling them, like, hey, uh, we're going to, like, start doing what we're going to do. Um, you know, like, beating the shit and arresting people. So we're yeah. going to – so stay inside your cars and shit. So – that way we don't fuck with you. And so we don't look like we're playing favorites. I'm I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say that word for word, but <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I think it was that in last, Salem, that Oregon. The last part actually was word for word. So we don't look like we're Yeah, the last oh, part wow. was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, he literally was like, so it, we don't look like we're playing favorites. Yeah. And so I think um I think there Brilliant. is probably a long history of like right wing type uh free organizations that are inherently violent kind of siding with the police, despite the fact that they posture like they're fighting against the system mm -hmm. right yeah, it's, it's this is just a giant republican wet dream it's just it's playing for the different side now so yeah right where are all the where are all my armed democrats at where are we at well here's a funny right thing socialist rifle organization i think do they exist something. yeah they do yeah there's there's armed they democrats. Social, it's the sra they also have like the John Brown Glum Club. These are more in like the red states. And Killer Mike himself is uh, on the left and a very proud gun owner. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, I'm I don't own a gun, but go. I'm a very, I'm a very proud, uh, uh, you know, gun advocate. advocate for the Second Amendment. That's yeah, good. Second Amendment. I got two. I got two AR. I got you. I guess it's like a weird thing that I saw this morning. Um, is that apparently in Milwaukee, there's a group that call themselves libertarians that are armed that have been protecting protesters. And I don't really know if they're actually libertarian or not at that point, but like... No, that's that sounds pretty libertarian to me. Libertarian <laughs> is very no government, like of any yeah. any any form of government. Yeah, any principle of libertarian sure. should liber be supporting the protesters right now. I, I think Absolutely. The, the Real libertarians, yeah. not those fucking... It's so funny. It's so it's so rich. Every time, like on Facebook, I see like one of my libertarian friends who's like they they know that the principled stance is to be with the protesters, but they don't. They're so scared of like conceding anything to the left that they have to like skirt the line so much, and they don't want to actually like <laughs> say that they're in support of the protesters. It, it's like it's the mind games people play are is ridiculous. Mental yeah. gymnastics. Like most... Yeah, it really is true. People do forget that there's like a whole nother quadrant like the left libertarian quadrant and like mm -hmm. fortunately libertarian like the name has just been so 
cursed by like the tea party people and all those that crowd yeah. that's just it really isn't even libertarian at all yeah. no no it's I literally just call myself an anarchist. like lower our taxes and we don't like minorities that's also, basically the tea party yeah. right. also legalize weed legalize weed yeah i think a reason why you don't see as many um armed like uh left groups as you do uh like right-wing groups like them the three i keep bringing up like the three percent like proud boys and stuff like that is because i think our our government has like a pretty long history and it's being continued right now of like just absolute harassment of any kind of left-wing organization that tries to mobilize um yeah that's what the cia always does like they, exactly and, like the fbi people. with uh Herbert or uh, uh, Hoover, yeah. I mean, he did yeah, the same Hoover. thing to the Black Panthers as well, and um, it's pretty scary to see what they're trying to do with Antifa right now. Even though, oh yeah, yeah. classifying like, them a terrorist organization, even though they they don't actually, ex it's not an organization. an organization. It doesn't exist. Like, yeah, yeah. People joking about like the CEO of Antifa and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And, I love that fucking joke. Yeah, yeah they keep trying to blame people. like the looters for it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like they're looting and breaking all the property. But like, literally every one of the looters um, is somebody who's just like trying to t take advantage of like the chaos that's already existing, and they're just like trying Jake to get Paul. some shoes or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> my my friend's been uh, all over LA like like midnight recording on HD cameras of guys just looting stores. He's like, I'll try. I'll, send, I'll link it later, but. Yeah, it's crazy. Like he he saw like fucking guys get arrested throwing shit at like like racist assholes and shit like beating up shit after midnight. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. <sighs> I know there's this big thing on like a lot of like the police departments still have like pictures of things thrown at cops, but like every one of those pictures is a can of baked beans. Everyone. <laughs> Bush's beans in every single picture, just like fuck yeah, Where's Bush's beans. Like Bush's beans are the official beans. Where's right. the dog then? Oh, the dog. <laughs> I just got. I just got that. I was like, my joke's missing, everybody. <laughs> well, because I just got it now, so don't feel bad. <laughs> it took me a couple seconds. We're just slow, Kayla. Don't it's... worry. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, um, uh, let me think. So in terms of, see, I like ran out of notes on stuff to say, so I'm just kind of going off the cuff here. <laughs> but um, uh, Killer Mike has been super vocal during all this uh, about the protests and um, about like, I guess like sort of what he advocates in response to the um, police brutality. And I know that it's gotten kind of some mixed uh reactions from uh people um from not from a lot of people but from some people for sure um as in like he sort of it seems like he's condemning the rioters almost um and saying like you know don't burn down your own home to like face the enemy or something like that um and i'm kind of curious like what other people's uh thoughts are on that especially since he you know was speaking to his hometown of atlanta georgia and sort of like just like speaking on what he was seeing firsthand um so like i guess in terms of like protesting and activism and you know wanting to burn shit down and feeling sort of like angry at the system uh what what would you guys say is like you know when does it cross the line 
from like being appropriate to like kind of you know going too far or whatever um i think so i think his case of the speech he made was very specific because he was referring specifically to atlanta Mm -hmm. um because most businesses in atlanta um that you can burn down or destroy are black owned Mm -hmm. um so that would just be a detriment to their own community um in the case of most places where uh, a lot of stores are heavily owned by large corporations um i think honestly the rioters the mindset is like these corporations sit and loot money from us basically constantly every year they suck us dry and we get nothing in return so fuck them like i i wouldn't condone this kind of shit basically for any other cause other than the systematic oppression of black people over the past 400 years yeah um 400 years of oppression is ridiculous and uh, yeah i mean rioting's gonna happen like <laughs> duh yeah i I'm, i oh sorry go ahead sorry, go ahead. Oh. No, no no you go no okay i guess like in my opinion it's like i don't really feel like i have any right to say what's right or what's wrong because i'm not someone being oppressed especially for like those 400 years of oppression um but i do feel like you know for anyone who says that you know, why couldn't you have done it another way? It's not like they haven't been trying. Um, I mean, people got all up in arms and upset at Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick? Ka- Kaepernick. You, you get what I mean. Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Um, the, guy who didn't stand, uh, the guy who didn't stand for the flag song. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you got mad at, at that. Oh, uh, Shane and that was like a big he's deal. Go. So, uh, see you later, Shane. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so, thank you for joining us, Shane. Uh, Bye, Shane. Shane. By the way, I, I'm 90 out of 100 on a RTJ4. Hell yeah. Platinum. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> cool. Sorry, you were saying? Oh, um, yeah, I guess, like, my point is, like, we shouldn't really... I mean, you can't really blame the black community for getting upset about this because, you know, they've been trying in all kinds of different ways for a very long time. Every which way has been denied or said bad or made some big deal out of it because i remember even when all that stuff was happening for colin um i was still very much stuck in my family's conservative echo chamber and it was like all i was hearing was like oh he's being disrespectful and oh he's not you know and in my head i was just kind of like he's just kneeling i don't really get what's the problem here (laughs) and so with that kind of thing it's like i don't really think that violence is the answer but i don't blame them for doing what they're doing i have a couple things i wanted to say about that real quick i think one wanted to say something right Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no. Um, I just wanted to say, um, I think that a, a, one of the things that is, like, motivating the looting is the fact that, like, not only has our economic situation, I'm kind of just speaking for, like, a lot of people, uh, it's been kind of not great, you know? Yeah. Like, since since the 70s, really. Like, you've seen, like, the middle class just vanishing, essentially. And so, yeah. I, I, and, and, especially now with like the incredibly high unemployment, it doesn't surprise me that like when chaos strikes that a whole bunch of people are going to try to take advantage of the situation to like better themselves or like to provide for themselves or their families or whatever. But ultimately um, I, I, the reason why I think the framing of like focusing on like the riots is like a bad thing is super counterproductive is because the rioters are more so a symptom of a of a society that's on decline, and the the answer to it has just been militaristic, fascistic kind of brutality against citizens. 
and a lot of the times you know the 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 people in like riot gear they're not like protecting the businesses you know they're they're cracking down on the protesters or there's one video um and from van ice where black business owners tried to wave down some police officers because they're being looted yeah, I saw them. They arrested officers, them. yeah the police officers arrest and stick guns in the face of the business owners so yeah like the rioting is bad and it, it does really affect uh like the smaller business owners the most because unlike corporations they can't just rebuild their shit you know they don't have piles of money to do that but um the answer that we've decided as a society to to address the rioters and the looters it's completely wrong and making everything worse so yeah yeah you know going to the whole target thing in minneapolis was it minneapolis yeah it was minneapolis yeah all those cities up there start with an m but <laughs> yeah when they i saw that when they took when they took over the target all the, like the water and the food the medical supplies they would just they would give out to people in like a mutual aid stand like a here, take what you need to give out water to people, dairy products. Yeah, they, they redistributed among the people. And I thought that was beautiful. Re and redistribute the means of production. A couple, yeah. a couple things. A couple things Literally in this. Not. I think there needs to be a specific distinction also made between most of the time the rioters and the protesters are not the same people. Um, mm -hmm. The rioters are usually people that have taken the opportunity of the fact that the police are very held, like held up dealing with the protesters, that they're probably not going to be in, able to in, mass enforce any looting. So a lot of these, you actually see videos, a lot of the looters are white. Um, yeah. So <laughs> incredibly it, noticeably white. Yeah. It, it's it, so uh, there has to be a very definite distinction between the looting and the message of the whole protest yeah and, and and i i want to speak on that for for a little bit because i think that um because i have friends who are sort of like in multiple different camps where some of them are, are definitely like we want just peaceful protesting and then others are saying like well the you know we like they are enacting violence on us so like you know at this point like you know it's the point of no return like it's our they're going to treat us badly either way so we might as well be violent and i think that like the way I see it, because I always want to be sort of like the person who's like reconciles, like, you know, makes everyone happy or whatever. But like, I think that it would be great if like the people who want to do things a specific way, whether that's like, you know, breaking windows and stuff like that and being super antagonistic towards uh, the police. I feel like they need to find a way to like separate themselves from the protesters who don't want that to be part of their movement. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. need to figure out like a separate day to protest or a separate location or something like that, just so that they don't get lumped in with the people who have a different idea about how to do things. Um, and, and I think like there's, there's valid reasons for like, multiple methods you know um and I, I think that like i just feel really bad when i see people who are trying to protest a certain way and trying to keep things like maintained a certain way and then basically like other people who have a different vision are trying to sort of like I, maybe this is like going over the line to say but like kind of co-opt their movement you know but um yeah that's sort of my thoughts on that mm. i i had a quick question i wanted to ask everybody um because you brought up colin kaepernick and um Recently, uh, I've actually been affected a little bit by a scandal going on right now involving my one of my favorite, if not my favorite, NFL player of all time. Um, Drew Brees recently made a pretty fucking stupid remark um, in an interview mm -hmm. where he, in response to a 
question of whether he would support players kneeling to the national anthem, he gave something as to the effect of, I don't ever support anyone disrespecting the flag, which he later very, very quickly apologized for. Um, but his apology at the same time seemed a little empty. Like it wasn't really, um, like he still didn't really understand that it wasn't about the flag. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I don't know if you guys saw, but um, well, have you had you guys? I just want to know: have you guys had you guys heard that this happened? Yeah, I heard about it. I didn't read anything about it. I didn't really read into it though. Yeah, I saw Killer Killer Mike's response to it as well. So I actually hadn't even seen that. Um, But I'll read read that once you're done. He he actually made another apology today in the form of a response tweet. Because President Trump um, put out a tweet uh, saying that he like didn't like the fact that Drew Brees went back on his statement or whatever. And I just want to read this to you guys. And I actually, I think he's being pretty sincere with this. Um, but he has <laughs> so many white supremacists bashing him in his mentions too. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, but, love it when they turn on each other, right? Yeah. So yeah. he says, he says uh, to President Trump, Through my ongoing conversations with my friends, teammates, and leaders in the black community, I realize this is not an issue about the American flag. It has never been. We can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract them from the real issues that face our black communities. We did this back in 2017, and and regretfully, I brought it back with my comments this week. We must stop talking about the flag and shift our attention to the real issues of systemic racial injustice, economic oppression, police brutality, and judicial and prison reform. We are at a critical junction in our nation's history. If not now, then when? We as a white community need to listen and learn from the pain and suffering of our black communities. We must acknowledge the problems, identify the solutions, and put this into action. The black community cannot do it alone. This will require all of us. That's really good. I genuinely, yeah, I genuinely agree with that. So, yeah, I, and there's still people who don't believe him. But I think that, like, this is, it's really hard in today's world to think that people on the other side of the aisle can change their minds. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is a genuine example of it happening. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Cause I, he, oh, I just wanted to say real quick, like 70% of the saints team that he plays with are black. So, you know, that the moment he put that crap out, he was getting absolutely <laughs> bashed by his teammates. Cause I think a couple of his teammates even unfollowed him on Twitter. Like it was, it was some drama going on. So I, I just, I'm just wondering now, yeah, like what you guys think about it. That, that's something I'd like to touch on. Like I know for a while, like from like 2016, to like 2018, I was personally, I was a lot more regressive in my views than I am now. And it's taken a lot of just like soul searching and looking into them. Um, just like trying to put yourself in other people's shoes to genuinely get me out of that 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 romp of my life and i Mm -hmm. I think i've genuinely benefited from that both mentally and for the betterment of the community yeah i mean i'm from florida so that says a lot already so yeah (laughs) and elias can testify to that fact of like how he's just seen me change through a whole 180 as a person you were racist holy shit (laughs) 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 
I'm from Florida. My father is a racist Cuban. You know, that's what I grew up around. And then I came out here and I was having my views changed. It was just, it was just a very big jar. So it was just, it, but finally seeing it and finally understanding it and finally being with it. And especially I've experienced racism in my lifetime as well. I just, I just whitewashed myself so hard and so disgustingly appropriately that I would wanted to fit in, but I realized that did nothing. That just did more fucking harm than it did good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I can totally see people that want to change. I am totally for people having redemption if they're willing to move forward to change. But people, a lot of times, I feel like a lot of people want to claim, oh, can I get uh, a second chances? Don't you believe in second chances? But like, but you're not putting the fucking work in exactly. to right. that second chance. Mm-hmm. You're not exactly. saying, oh, give me the second chance, but I'm not going to do anything to fucking get that second chance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it kinda genuinely going... requires soul searching to like, I don't know yeah. if repentance is the right word, but you can't yeah, just change just overnight. It takes up. time. Yeah, and yeah. and there has to be some kind of like material difference in like your behavior and your character, and I think that's where um, a lot of people uh, maybe like this is a left problem, or maybe it's just a problem um, in certain circles that don't have to do with the left, but where like kind of what we were talking about, where people like don't buy the apology. And like they're still shitting on somebody who seems like they're in good faith. Maybe it's because there's um, they're still waiting for like that person to like materially change like themselves in a way that's more than just an apology that's nicely worded. Even if the apology is correct and it like it properly acknowledges all the things that that person did wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I also feel like we're in the age of apologies on like every kind of platform and and i feel like we're in the age of people just apologizing for the sake of the apology and i feel like that's something within our culture as a society as well is that we often tend to just apologize by just saying it rather than actually meaning it because i've seen people in my family do that all the time they'll just apologize just to make sure the person feels better rather than actually coming from the from the genuine part of their heart you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. you know absolutely that's, exactly that's something i'd like to testify on is um like, it does seem like it's genuinely just watered down, like, the concept and the weight of a true apology society. Because, like, for me, like, like I've, I've done, like, wrong things. And if I know I've done something genuinely wrong, I will I will apologize. And, like, I'm, I'm genuinely, like, an open-minded person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you have so many people just, like, doing it as, like, kind of like a PR move or something it really kind of downplays it for the rest of us. And it's sad because seeing people change in a better way is something truly beautiful. Right. I think like with apologies, you have to have like a long-term like action behind it. Um, Because a lot of these companies, like you were saying, like they put out PR statements about like, oh, you know, we're sorry, we're not racist, you know, but then after that the next day they could go and do something that's literally still racist (laughs) or like you know if you're not actively doing something about it then you're not really sorry um i don't know i I think in my opinion it's like i'd rather like show my apology through things that i do to actively change like what was wrong you know what i mean absolutely and and i think that like um especially with nowadays i feel like you know part of this 
this massive protest movement. I think it's going to create a lot of people who are like, okay, it's super unpopular to be racist right now. So I'm going to like, you know, pretend to have these like progressive views on things and pretend to be enlightened. And I, I hope that we don't like see too much of that. And then it like comes back to bite everyone when like, you know, in the next four years we have another alt-right uprising and then these people come out of the woodworks again, you know? So I'm, I'm like a little worried about that, you know? And, and I think that what you guys are talking yeah. about with the fake apologies kind of touches on that. Um, but at the same yeah. time, it is important to give people a chance. And I think there's, there's yes. kind of multiple sides to it where some people are like not willing to accept that others can change. And then that like makes people not want to change as well. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really complicated. Yeah. And that's one of the main things wrong with, who's trying. I believe society and the, like, especially our justice system is it's much more like punitive than rehabilitative. And that also brings us into the issue of police brutality and just the wider problems with society and oppression in America. Yeah. Totally. Um... I, I also would like to comment on something. Um, I guess going back to the original, like bringing up Drew Brees and what he had said before. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the video that would compare what like Lauren Ingram or Laura Ingram said comparing him with like LeBron. I didn't see it. Did, I don't know. Did you guys see that? I think you already might have clipped. Okay. I'll drop a, a link in later, but they're. There was this video um, from a Fox News broadcast that Laura Ingram was talking about Drew Brees and uh, like what he said and then also what uh, LeBron had said. And she started with LeBron and what another um, NBA player said about uh, Drew Brees' first um, message he put out. And she basically, and I quote here, said, you're not being paid to talk politics, just shut up and dribble. Um, but then yeah. for Drew Brees, like she was like, "Well, he's allowed to have an opinion. He's a he's a person. He's a good Christian man." <laughs> and it's just like that double standard needs to just like when people are like, "Racism's not real." It's like, yes, it is. It's right, right there. Um, and she didn't even apologize. She just said like, "Well, I'm you know my religious beliefs." I'm like, that has nothing to do with this. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you like had the same thing with bias. Yeah, I mean, you had the same thing with uh, Tim Tebow, right? Like, wasn't he... I forget if he was kneeling about, like, something religious or if it was about abortion or some shit. But he was, was like, kneeling, too, and conservatives were, like, flocking to defend him. Then, well, he, was kneeling, he was kneeling because he, he, he just... He does that to pray every time. Uh, so. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought... It, I, I, I must have been mistaken. I thought it was for... But, yeah. No, no, no. I know. I've yeah. seen that go around where it was, like, he was kneeling for abortion. No, it wasn't. It was just yeah, yeah, yeah. he does that to pray. A South Park even made fun of him for that. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But still, nobody said like, "Oh, like the conservatives weren't saying like, oh, he's being paid to like, you know, play the game." And if his team decides that that's not something they want to have on the workforce or whatever, because you know, they weren't trotting out that argument. Because I guess is my point. Because it does because it doesn't fit with their narrative. So exactly. Has to fit their plan. If it goes against it, they can't talk about it. Yep. Um, I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> oh my god, that was so loud. <laughs> okay. Um, the yeehaws came out. What was that? Oh, I just made a yeehaw joke. Never mind. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeehaw. Yeehaw. Um. Yee-wee. <laughs> um. Cool. So, um, 
unless we want to uh, wrap it up here, do, does anyone else have any sort of like finishing thoughts on just like the album and like its its place in our current uh, culture and, and what's going on right now and everything? Perfect yeah, summarization gonna... of our situation. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It couldn't have come was... out at a better time. Yeah, it's definitely the anthem for this fucking time right now. It's, and it definitely has like that real nostalgic, like it, he looks upon the past with this nostalgic feeling, but with also a bitter remorse. And I think that hits a lot with the, with our current culture too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said before, I'm glad that like we're, you know, America's in a place right now where people are vocal about this sort of thing and people are like, aware of everything going on and people are protesting and um yeah this is this album is going to be the soundtrack to that you know it's going to carry us uh you know through the election season and past the election season hopefully people stay like you know aware and all this stuff stay educated um so yeah so like out of 10 what do we think about run the jewels for well Originally, I, okay. St- when I first heard it, I was like, okay, that's probably like a solid eight, and then I, and then it grew on me more, and I was like, no, it's a solid nine, mm-hmm. and now I think it's a ten. It's honest, a fucking ten. Oh shit! Yeah, Woo. bitch, we're giving eight point three, but fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's probably a solid nine for me. Um, it's it's like it's pretty rare for me that I like because I I have a lot of albums that I try to like sort out, and it's like getting up to that nine. Like it has to really like go above and beyond, and I, I think RTJ four might be there. Yeah, I give it like a nine. If we're gonna do like a decimal system, I'd do like nine point three. Yeah, I would say just based off of like how good the the lyrics are and how much wordplay is involved, because um, there's more in there that I didn't touch on. I, I would probably give it a nine as well. I I want to listen to it properly. Okay. I know for, for me, I was originally going to give it an uh, 8 out of 10, but that last track seemed to bump it up to a 9 out of 10 for yes. me. Yeah, like, a 10 out of 10 is something that has to be, like, very special. Because that's, that's, like, basically the top end of music ever. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it was quite, like, the best of the best of any... It wasn't, it wasn't like, a masterpiece for, like, the ages or for, like, of peak human performance. Yeah. But it was definitely very good and one of the board. best things I've heard. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah, that's what Tool was for. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but I, that last one was probably like a 6 out of 10 for me, that last Tool <laughs> What about you, Grant? Uh, I don't know, man. Numbers are hard. And True. I don't really... Yeah, um, I, I guess if I had to give it a number, I guess I would also put it at a nine, just because that's what everyone else seems to be doing. <laughs> but um, I could easily see this becoming a ten because I don't know. I feel like like an honest to god ten is something that has to like grow on you and has to have like some sort of like it's something that like after a while it becomes a ten. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense. That yeah, that's yeah, exactly sense. yeah. And it's, yeah. it's only so been, it's like, like it's kind of hard for something unless it's just like unparalleled, like revolutionary on all levels, mind-bogglingly incredible. Yeah. Uh, to call it a ten immediately, but um, yeah, I mean, I could easily see myself thinking of this as a ten, uh, in the near future. Exactly, and like opinions and taste, they they change over time, so it could probably yeah. go up over time. Mm-hmm. I, how do you feel like this will last in the ages of like 
of music how do you think it will still like have this i think i'm gonna i think I'm, I'm gonna listen to this like five or ten years later and i'm gonna like instantly be brought back to like where america was at this time yeah, yeah. it fits with what's happening in our life right now and that when history you know when this becomes a moment in history i feel like the album's gonna stay with that and it's gonna you know resonate even in the future mm -hmm. it really yeah. would be like a, a time capsule album to listen to this mm -hmm. five ten years from now and just see where that's what society's the been since then that's what we're gonna do the 10 years from now we're gonna do a podcast where we do a retro review of this album <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. in the backyard. Well, yeah, i'm down set I'm your down. calendars boys hell yeah alarm hell yeah, brother. <laughs> cool um well yeah you heard it first here folks rtj4 album of the year um gonna go down in the in the history books um and if you've been listening to this whole episode thank you very much for for sticking with us and um if you um i want everyone to sort of like leave a comment so we know like you know uh um what your thoughts are and you know what what stuff you want to see us talking about in the future because we're still sort of like brainstorming ideas about where we want this podcast to go um and uh yeah, just uh, thank you guys for being on the panel, and uh, thank you everyone who's listening. And join the Discord server, um, and if you join it, don't be a lurker, because lurkers are lame. You gotta participate. We're having some cool-ass discussions about all sorts of music and politics and memes and all sorts of good stuff. So uh, I'm gonna. there's going to be a link to that in the description underneath all the donations and resources and stuff uh that you guys should also check out so um yeah this has been the listening circle episode five the quarantine circle um thank you guys and uh i'll black lives matter 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 also trans rights black lives matter. um that too yes trans rights. also happy pride month <laughs> happy pride month yeah, yeah happy pride month um it's, it's illegal to be straight for this whole month that is true that is yeah, true yeah. everyone this month is gay <laughs> I'm, I'm for it 100 even even people who are bi and celebrate no you're gay Sorry. Yeah. yes finally my bi-ness has turned gay 2020 yeah. we're all gay now hooray what's this bisexuality is evolving dun 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 <laughs> all right thank you guys i'll catch you in the next one Peace. Oh wait, 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 There's a bonus. Hello. Bonus meme. Bonus round. Kayla, thank you. Just for our Patreon subscribers. Yes. Kayla, I almost forgot. Thank you for reminding me. She has a poem about all this, all this stuff going on, and she wanted to sort of like wrap everything up with with a recite recitation recite of the poem she she gonna say it she gonna say, I'm gonna it. say something yes all right so uh yeah with that that is the end of the rest of the episode and now we're gonna transition to over this so uh yeah take it away all right it's the oppression olympics there's a pyramid and we're in it whites on top the rest below the 60s are here to say hello oh no you don't think there's a problem? Then you're a part of the problem. You want to talk them down or talk you up, but never ever will shut up. Oh no, let someone else do the talking. 
Don't shoot them from the back when they're walking. There's just too many people lost, lost and left others to misery. Yeah, so you think that this is history? Think no one cares to really grieve? You're in the wrong here, and yet there's still no reprieve. Even when you ignored him saying he couldn't breathe. It's merely a human right to want to be all right, to not want to be set light. It's just about doing right. You say that you care, that you want to listen, but no, you never do. It's just words to christen. Some people stood up for them, took a knee. White supremacy came for them, not for me. Yeah, I won't know what that's like to wake up every day afraid for my life. But as a fellow POC, I say that we need to stand up for the black community. So please. Thank you. Thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Fantastic. And with that, we'll see you guys in the next one.